0: Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all are brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we to do this. Yeah. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C, Certified Brew Head. And welcome to episode 113 of Beer and Nothish Adjunct Series. 13 is my favorite number, so I'm stoked for this episode. Um, but before we get into it, you already know, guys. This episode of BOS is sponsored by Manscaped. Ready for this ad read, it's always a good time. It's never too early to play holiday music and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts. Whether it's for a friend or friends in your pants, you can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 that I conveniently have right here, boom, Uh, to avoid another silent night in the bedroom, that's funny. Then add in Manscaped's top of the line shower products to have the people thinking all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, so should you look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code BAOS for free shipping and 20% off. So man, this shit is fire. I actually haven't tried these new ones yet because I need them for the video, but uh, I've been using their products for about a year and it's killer. See, Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0, which is uh, what I've been using, is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all and has everything you need to help you deck the holes from face to balls in just in time for the mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has each, pro- each product from the best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash, which I have here, ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, and ultra-premium deodorant so you don't stank. I always lose my spot because I'm holding them up to the camera. Uh, 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 it's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat to your candy cane, the lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear and hair trimmer, which I also use regularly. I hate nose hair and ear hair. It's fucking gross. Um, feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus both are waterproof, so there's no issue clearing the snow out of your driveway. There's also a 4,000 K LED light on it. So you can hang on let this just say. so you can light the way like rudolph now that you've groomed can now you now that you've groomed your candy cane it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the platinum package shower products. which are these bad boys all of manscapes shower gear is sulfate free vegan and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh but smelling good doesn't stop in the shower the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop revival ball toner can solve stank problems all day long once they touch your sack You'll never go back, and I uh, can verify that. The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under the tree is guaranteed to put anyone in the holiday spirit. And For the perfect stuff, I add in the brand new body buffer. Boom. Uh, an incredible body scrubber that makes it foliating, easy, and a lot cleaner than the old loofah. So, get 20% off and free shipping with code BAOS at manscaped.com. It's on the screen. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BAOS, you know manscaped get your jingle balls ready for the holidays so this episode is something that uh we've been planning for quite some time i'm excited to get into it um, with, with no further ado guys please welcome your favorite and mine nathan from nathan does beer in a motherfucking daughter. hey good the to lord, see you man likewise brother the lord has returned i'm excited for this one dude did So am I. I don't know if we ever publicly talked about doing this, did we? I think we just had it we're just planning it out, mapping it out for the last maybe two months or something. I
1: think um I think we actually teased it on the Anderson episode. (laughs) Ah, we did. Smart boys of
0: us. So the episode we did, I can't remember, it was maybe episode one eleven or one oh nine. It was around that uh time. We did an episode on Oktoberfest beers. So we talked about all things fall, pumpkin uh, beers, um, marzins, fest beers, all that type of stuff. And uh, we, you know, we really enjoyed that. And it made sense to us to do similar types of episodes where we focus on one style or one kind of topic where we just shoot the shit, you know, and uh, really do a deep dive. So tonight, this is a, the, the style we're focusing on tonight is something that's uh, become one of, we've been texting about this, you know, late night like yo man this shit like this is i think i'd rather this more than anything like i feel like we're both on the same page with this style um yep. am i am i accurate there?
1: Yeah, absolutely you are.
0: Would you like to tell the good folks what that style might be?
1: Yep, i think we've teased it long enough now. <laughs> uh, what we're talking about is west coast IPAs. West
0: coast. I'm yes. Moist. Are you? I feel <laughs> I, I feel moisture coming. Yeah, I
1: yeah, no, I, no, I'm excited. Um, yeah, like you say, we've been uh, the, like we've been talking about this for a little while, um, especially when it comes to one brewery in particular, which will uh, like which we'll get to in a little bit. Who yes. uh, the, the, like who locally makes some of the best west coast ipas around and like, like like in some good variation of it but we'll get into more detail for them in a second anyways the point is we've been going wild for like, for west coast ipas for a while like you and i both being fairly like fairly big haze heads for the for quite a while it's just kind of getting tired of them a little bit and starting to find that like there's fewer and farther between that are like really knocking our socks off. Um, would that be fair to say?
0: Generally speaking,
1: yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it, it, like, and not to uh, <clears throat> like not to disparage the style as a whole, or even uh, like breweries that uh, like that focus <clears throat> on it, Because, for instance badlands is still bomb absolutely every time um every like, time. like third moon still like still knocking out of the park uh, like places like barn cat Willibald, all ma- they're like all making some fire but um like out of those handful of ones that really really specialize in the style it's <coughs> like a lot like a lot of them can really be kind of like eh, like i like either um Either just kind of hopped to the extreme where there's not really anything else to support it, or it's kind of been replaced. Like as opposed to what a New England IPA is meant to be, it's kind of like take like this hazy IPA. This kind of new catch-all term has kind of, like has kind of taken its place where the flavors are a little more mellow and yeah. uh, the, like and the palette is also a little bit more mellow as well it's kind of taken everything down a notch anyway all this to say um, the like the style as a whole has started to get a little bit boring as a whole and really like and really oversaturated and like and kind of overdone all this to say what like as we've kind of started to get tired with a lot of, uh, like with a lot of them what ha- like what we're kind of rediscovering our love for and what we're reaching for way more often as just kind of like a beer to enjoy when we're not uh, like you know work so to speak beers uh, like when we're like making content or anything i'm finding i'm reaching for west coast ipas way more often these days
0: yes Definitely, and you know, I, I definitely drink haze every drinking session possible. I'm always drinking haze. The ones that you mentioned are the ones that consistently do it, so they're the ones that I try to keep in the fridge uh, as often as I possibly can. Though I think, and I was going to ask you, like, do you like? There's something that's kind of pushed us towards West Coasts. Um, do you? And, and it's a, what you said as far as maybe like, um, pa- palate fatigue, maybe a little bit with just the influx of haze and how much we chased it for years and years. Well, you know, five years, six years, something like that. And West coast was reintroduced in the last, I don't know, two years, year and a half maybe. And I think it was a slow burn. It wasn't like all of a sudden West coast are back and we're both losing our minds. I think it was like a, not completely a pendulum swing, but just more like maybe it's moving away from the haze. Just a little, Bit back towards something different, and West Coast really hit the mark. And it happened to be that there are a bunch of spectacular offerings, as you suggested earlier, from both provinces, Quebec and Ontario, that are pretty easily accessible um, to both of there us. There
1: are, there are, yeah, <laughs> and um, and even uh, like. Even still, in ones that have been regularly available for a long time, um, that we're just kind of rediscovering our love for, and uh, the, the, like, and just kind of remembering that these are like that these are here regularly available. They're not even one-off releases. Like you, you can literally get like any time of the year, which is uh, like which is a pretty great place to be when kind of you're moving back
0: in that direction. That's a great point. I don't recall very many like one-off West Coast. It's typically a uh, either a year rounder or a regular rotation where it comes back two, three, four times a year. So that's a, yep. that's a beautiful thing. So let's crack the first beer, and uh, we'll talk um, about yes, yeah. Uh,
1: before we crack the first beer, we should mention yes. something that has nothing to do with uh, like with West Coast IPAs. We, like we should talk about these shirts that we're wearing here. Yes. Um, this, this, so this is the team lactose uniform that came three years too late.
0: <laughs> maybe four. Uh,
1: yeah, 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 maybe even four. This is like team lactose is something that neither of us even talk about anymore. No. Um, like care. the uh, like I'm pretty sure the Twitter account has had uh, like has had our Halloween artwork on it literally for, two, for like a, a, a year, year and a half straight now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like this uh, just to give you an idea of how active team lactose is these days but i randomly found these t-shirts and for people who are listening as opposed to watching um it's uh, like it's mimicking or parodying a lacoste shirt with uh, the like with the alligator on it except it has like it's also got like a cow's face on it um and says lactose as opposed to like as opposed to lacoste um and it's it, like it's pretty funny, and it's merch from uh, like from Cows Ice Cream, um, which I think is an ice cream shop uh, primarily in PEI, but they also like I think they also have locations elsewhere. But they've got some pretty hilarious merch, including these shirts. And as soon as I saw them, even though Team Lactose isn't even really a thing, I just had to have them. So so I got us outfitted with Team Lactose gear way too late.
0: <laughs> Do you know what? It's better late than never. And thank you again. It was the uh, early Christmas gift. You are a sweetheart and a gem and a wonderful human being. And I think they look great. At, I've got, the, for once again, those who are listening instead of watching, I've got the, the white one. Nate has the black one. So, you know, we're we're standing out tonight. I insisted that we wear them because I told you, and you were like, well, it's got nothing to do with West Coast. I'm like, exactly. doesn't matter. <laughs> you have to let people know this is our shit. This is what we represent. Represent and we had to put it, you know, front and center. Why don't we, you know, putting it out there? Don't change the handle because Team Lactose is a pretty funny account. But maybe we turn it into a West Coast fanboy account, ironically almost. That uh, not ironically about how we feel about West Coast, but the fact that it's on a lactose account, that could be something. Think about. Yeah, it. that
1: makes it. Th- 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 that does make it all like, like all the more funny. We'll talk about it.
0: <laughs> we'll talk because we do dumb shit with that account and. We considered almost getting rid of it. Then we're like, let's just hang on to it and see. It's not like it's got a ton of followers, but you know. Might, have,
1: cool. a, it might have a use for it someday. Maybe exactly. this is the time.
0: <laughs> Bit of a uh, renaissance for, for that 150 odd or whatever it is, uh, delicate Twitter followers on there. Um, yep. So with that, we curated four beers tonight four West Coast IPAs, two from Ontario, and two from Quebec. Um, we. I, I'm super excited. Let's just let's show the camera the first one. Let's just get this one going. Yep. So we're kicking yeah. it off with Anderson's IPA. It's just called IPA, but it is West Coast style. This one is six point two percent. If you watched uh Nate Nyer's recent episode, I believe it was maybe that was one eleven. With uh I think it was. It was, right? So maybe our other one was one oh nine. With Gavin of um Gavin Anderson from Anderson um Craft Ales. And we were losing our shit. And uh, the best part about that is that Gavin very generously sent us six-pack of this particular beer. At first, you know, typically I don't need six of anything. But after we had it on that podcast, it's taken all of my willpower not to drink this beer uh, beforehand. Or not to drink all six of them before this podcast. Because as soon as we had it, we were both like, oh, this is going on the West Coast podcast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Like we decided during the recording because it was just because uh, it was just too good.
0: It's genuinely spectacular. I love the format in the short can. Um, it's only six point two. Oh, look at the way it just bubbles up. The head is glorious. The nose. Yeah, is and, and like look at look at that gorgeous
1: color. It's like you can see oh. right through it. It's like um, like a gorgeous copper orange. Yes. And and the the aroma, my goodness,
0: it's insane. I also want to shout out it's, your. It, it,
1: like, Go on. Um, no, I was uh, like the like, like the aroma is just wild. Like you like, like you get pine, you get kind of like that sticky dank, uh, like thing going on, um, like caramelized grapefruit. Yep. All of those, uh, like all of those elements that you want in, uh, like in a West Coast, like really, like you, you get it on smell
0: alone. Yeah, hundred percent. I like that caramelized grapefruit. That's dope, man. What a what a great way to describe that. Yeah, very citrusy. You get a little dank resin on there, but it's not overwhelming. I Nate, I need to put this in you, mate.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Cheers. Cheers
0: spectacular this i'm just doing a bit of uh post making sure i'm uh, doing that live on instagram as well getting some shots but uh do we do we know the hops on this particular beer like is it i don't think it's on untapped because he no, did tell it's us not. and pie.
1: i and i don't like and i don't know them because it doesn't say on the can and i was looking on the website before um but
0: uh untapped, it does not say, say the either. hops
1: on this one i like I know the hops on the other ones that we're having tonight, but this was the only one that I couldn't find.
0: Did you just Google it in general? Because I can Google it really Uh, quickly. Like like
1: the the ones for this this beer, you mean?
0: Yeah, this beer specifically. Like sometimes um, Beer Advocate or something will turn up, and they end up talking about it. That's what I usually do if if they don't put it on untapped. And also... um, Breweries, please, please put, you know, even if you don't really care, put the description on Untapped and put the hops in there. And if you like the malts or something, I find it really um, helpful, like in circumstances like this. So I'm writing my reviews on almost every beer I drink. So I just want to know what's in it. And I just feel like it's a real simple way. And uh, the good thing about that is Untapped has incredible SEO. Like the sec- the very first um, link on Google after their own website is Untapped. So I'm, you know, please do that. I know a lot of people don't or they couldn't be bothered or whatever it might be, but uh, which I understand because, but if you've already got it and you can just kind of like copy paste, uh, that would be amazing. So I found a a beer advocate thing and I've kind of got a, no one's really saying that. So I'm not too sure why they don't say, but do you have any, uh, guesses, um I
1: do have some ge- I I do have some guesses just kind of going off of um commonly used hops in uh, like in West Coast IPAs like Simcoe wouldn't surprise me uh like Cascade, Cascade or Chinook sure. wouldn't surprise me Centennial like like a lot of the C hops are uh, the like are common choices there
0: Yeah I'd almost be surprised if it's not almost exclusively C hops um in this yep. Bad Boy It's um yeah i think i'm not gonna waste my time checking too much then but yeah man it's just so easy like the thing about and we're going to get into like what is a west coast ipa what makes it what it is it's you know it's what ipas kind of used to be or kind of almost were for the time that they've really been around in the last maybe 30 years or so give or take and i feel like this is like such an approach. You know when people always say, "Oh, I don't like IPAs; they're bitter." This is what they're talking about. This is a style, yep. and this is something that, like, I think a lot of people could get behind. It might be too bitter for some, and I do recall minimal bitterness being very uh, noticeable. You know, when you're maybe a bit new to beer, but yep. this has got to be one of the most crushable, approachable um, West Coast IPAs I've potentially ever had.
1: Yeah, no, it is like it is absolutely very approachable, but it's like definitely one of those things that if bitterness is uh, like is something that puts you off in beer, um, or like or that did early on in your beer journey, I could see like I could see this potentially the the, the, like being a bit jarring. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what really. Di- like that's what really differentiated New England IPAs when they first came on the scene was that like was the really really uh, lowered bitterness in comparison to like to American IPAs and uh, like in West Coast IPAs. So like even on the most approachable one, there is still going to be more bitterness uh, like in there for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Um, maybe what I should have said is that it might be a more approachable. um you know, if, if you're sort of a bit more familiar with bitterness in beer, maybe you're not completely a noob because often the, it can be a, a lot for a newer palate to sort of take on. Um, I feel like if you understand craft beer, you're a bit more com- comfortable with bitterness and stuff. This could be something that could actually be a, a gateway West Coast, arguably, because it's so sure, comfortable. sure sweet and
1: i and i don't even think like and i don't even think it necessarily has to do with um like you know like with how much of a like with how much of a craft beer like newbie or the or you are or whatnot like it's really just a personal palate thing like some people are just uh like just affected by bitterness more like more than others like some people just that like have a stronger reaction to bitterness in foods that, that like than other people do no matter where you are in uh, the, like in kind of uh your beer uh, like your your beer journey um you know so like, like like even if you are new but bitterness doesn't really affect you that much then uh, like then you know west coast ipas might be your thing from the get-go
0: that's a very fair point actually no i i agree i think it's uh one of those things it's like I was about to say you either like it or you don't, but I think it's an acquired taste. I think West Coast IPAs are an acquired taste, and typically, at least when we got into beer, you had to kind of work your way up to it, and that was the Mm -hmm. there was no like going around that. Like you just that was just how it was done. You just kind of went through that color wheel um, of beers and West Coast, and also
1: yeah and uh, the, like and also in the mid 2010s was um the, the like or the the early to mid 2010s was also right around the time that west coast ipas were really mm-hmm. going like rip your tongue off as bitter as possible kind of thing like yes. the, like with the green flash stuff and uh, the, the like all of the palate wrecking joints the like the 120 ibu uh the like things and uh, the, like and all that like really making them as bitter as possible whereas in like 2018 it's how can we make this uh, like how can we make this as thick and opaque as possible in the, like from 2012 to 2015 it's like you know how can we rip your taste buds off kind of thing
0: it was it's a very different approach literally the opposite which is probably why the popularity of new england ipas has lasted and went so you know got so popular so fast because it was a swing back from this, which not everyone liked. This was an extreme style of beer, arguably, um, particularly the the palate wrecking ones, which wasn't all of them. Not all of them did. But I remember when like Mad Tom from Muskoka came out back in the day. Like that that shit used to tear my face off, and that was because it was probably one of the most bitter beers at the time. And that was like twenty eleven that came out, if I'm not mistaken. I think when I had Muskoka on the yep. pod, that's what they told me. So. You know, it's, it's been an interesting journey for West Coast and the fact it's coming back. The interesting thing about them coming back, and I guess we'll touch on this a bunch, is that I don't think they are it, – it's not swinging back to a palate-wrecking West Coast. They're really approachable, balanced beers now that are just –
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, you've noticed that, right? Like they're very hoppy and they're resinous and dank and, and they are bitter and they're sweet and they're citrusy. But they're not like ripping you up; like they're not really trying to attack you. So it's like sort of like a a more rounded version of what the beers used to be in comparison to to the stuff that's coming out now, which I really love.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's really, really good.
0: Would you even be um, interested in a palate wrecking IPA in 2022? Oh, sure, I would. Excuse
1: me. But, it, like, but it's just because I like to like I, I like to try the whole range, um, yeah, and like I'm like I'd be down to try it. It's definitely not something I would want to drink every day. Um, but but you know if someone like if someone who makes a good West Coast IPA is gonna like is gonna put out one that clocks in at like 120 or 150 IBUs, of course I want to try it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a uh, a good point. I would tr- I would definitely try it. But I'm not like searching out the most hectic beers, and I no, don't think anyone trying. No, absolutely is trying
1: not. It. I'm, and I'm not gonna, and you know, I'm not gonna be that dude at, uh, like, at the tap room that's gonna be like, that's gonna be like, what's like, like what beer on the menu has the highest IPUs? But like, pour <laughs> me that. Like, I don't give a shit about
0: that. <laughs> no one gives a shit about. It. I, I've heard even that IBUs are kind of a bit of a bullshit marker. I don't. I've heard somewhere. That, have you heard that before? That it's like not even. Yeah. Accurate?
1: Yeah. I, I, I have, I, I have heard that before and it's not even something that like most breweries won't even talk about it anymore. No, it's, it's irrelevant. It, they, they, like it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a marker that most, like that most brewers even care to like uh, they, they care to measure or bother with.
0: Yeah. Which is fair. Um, the market doesn't yeah, want I it. So. No one really gives a shit. So the most important question of this podcast is: What is a West Coast IPA?
1: Yes, indeed. Um, so, West Coast IPAs uh, from uh, like from really just a bit of quick uh, like quick searching before we jumped on here, and uh, just general knowledge that we've built up over the uh, like over the years. Um, it's a sub style of American IPAs. Mm. excuse me American IPAs just mainly differentiating themselves from their old world counterparts the like the English IPAs um, which is uh, like like, I mean there are more like there are more subtle differences but are largely like difference in uh, like difference in hop varieties um, that differentiate the English IPAs to American IPAs and then West Coast IPAs being a sub style (laughs) of American IPAs where like really it's uh like a marked increase in hopping rates um and it, like and it as uh, like exactly as it sounds originated um in california on the like on the west coast and tends to have flavors that bring out, like that bring out more of a bitter piney um that like west coast citrus kind of, like kind of vibes um what that like with the aggressive hopping that go, like that goes into them, those are the flavors that like the flavors that come out of it. You get more resinous flavors from the hops. Um, the like you end up with like I was describing caramelized grapefruit. I find is a pretty common um, flavor that I get out of West Coast IPAs, and mm-hmm. where you get kind of that caramelized flavor out of it, that sweetness that kind of balances the bitterness really, really nicely in a well-made West Coast IPA.
0: Well said, yes. And obviously, yeah, that nice bready malt mixing with that uh, the, the sort of sweet, like bitter, because um, there's like piney bitterness, but there's also sometimes that grapefruit pith type bitterness in there as well, yeah. depending on how the approach. Yeah. Um, to ex- exactly. To expand on what you're saying here, I've got a couple of articles that I found that were kind of discussing it. One of them was saying that it was um, in 1965, apparently uh, Fritz Maytag of Anchor Brewing brewed the first an English-style pale ale with American hops using a little-known British technique called dry hopping and a little-known Oregon-grown gro- hop called Cascade. So that was Liberty Ale. Excuse me. And that was the first one. And then later, uh, Ken Grossman at Sierra Nevada dropped the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I think that specific beer would arguably be known, and that must have been 1970, fucking hell, would have been um, argued to be like the the great granddaddy of American West Coast IPAs. And uh, that one changed the game for a lot of people. It's come up a lot on the podcast. It was a beer that's responsible for getting a lot of people into craft beer and a lot of people into brewing or at least in the beer industry so that beer is iconic and then in 1994 so that's 24 years later uh vinnie i don't know how to say his last name chilezo silozo or whatever from uh it was blind pig brewery uh which is now russian river brewed um blind pig which was at 92 ibus which is international bittering units by the way uh back then so that was also one of the that was probably you know what everything's like in culture it was like something happens, everyone gets used to it. Well, this blew our mind, and then someone will come and they'll just level it up. So from what I understand here, um, uh, Vinny leveled it up from um, from the Sierra Nevada Paleo. So that was '94. And then a few other ones, and obviously he did Pliny the Elder, Pliny the Younger. There's another one called Bear Republic's Race of Five. Um, and that was on that was sort of in Northern California, then in San Diego and SoCal, you had breweries like and this isn't really giving me any years, but Stone doing a whole bunch of their stuff. They were, you know, just their regular IPA. Stone IPA was a classic West Coast. Ballast Point was Sculpin, uh, a fantastic beer. And Green Flash yep. that Nate you mentioned earlier, who did Palette Record, but they had a bunch of you know much more approachable West Coast, which we used to be able to get the L C B O here, so I had a lot of that back in the day. It was amazing. Um, and it was just, yeah, Green Flash's West Coast IPA. So the, there's actually a pretty short description just to go along with what you said here, which I think is pretty cool. I said, these beers are the perfect antidote to long, hot days and the Mediterranean climate of California. Hop additions and zero subtlety with aggressive bitterness and notes of citrus and tropical fruit, a resinous pine or sap-like quality, and often a dank or weed-like aroma. This style should pour yep. bright with no haze and have a darker color from the malt edition as well as a bone dry finish. The ABV should be on the higher end of the IPA scale, starting at around six percent, heading towards eight percent, and the mouthful should be nimble and crisp. So, I feel like that's pretty accurate.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty uh, the, that that's a really good style description right there.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, yes.
1: Speaking of, um, like, so speaking of the malt bill too, I mean, it's very easy when talking about IPAs and particularly American style IPAs to like to focus exclusively on the, like on the hops, uh, because it's, it, it, like, it tends to be what is most upfront and the, like, like kind of the, the, the obvious ones to pick out, um, but uh, but to talk about the malt bill it takes uh, like it certainly takes a very refined brewer to make the malt stand out yeah. in a west coast ipa um and one that i had recently was the latest um the latest uh version of red letter day which is tooth and yes. nails anniversary west coast ipa um and uh, Matt told me that uh, that he thinks it's the best IPA that they the, like that they've done it tooth and nail. Um, so I was very keen to try it. And what I like, what I found was very interesting about that one is that um, the hop flavors were very, very interestingly delicate on that, and the that like the malt bill really stood out in it, which was like it, it's no surprise. That Matt was able, uh, like, was able to do that with the West Coast IPA because he's one of the most refined brewers in Canada. I, like, I don't think, any, like anyone who's had Tooth and Nail, would, uh, like would argue with that? And that, like, it's just a testament to his ab- uh, like, to his abilities to brew a West Coast IPA that good, where the malt character kind of contributes so much to the overall flavor of the beer.
0: Well, fantastic example, and we both had that beer this year. And I was, I thought about like because I had one left, and I was like, ah, it's probably getting on the older side by the time we, we got around to doing this. So I'm glad we we didn't sort of have an older beer for that. But the color was completely different. This is definitely more like you could almost mistake what we're drinking right now for a kind of like a, a lager of, of some sort. Yep. Um, whereas the Red Letter Day was like damn near an amber ale as far as the way it looked.
1: Yep. Yep. It did, it, like, it did have a more of a reddish tinge mm. to it.
0: Hence the name, which is very cool. But one yep. thing, and and this is kind of why I was trying not to drink too much more of this one because I was saying to you earlier, I wanted to kind of keep these going because I, one thing, because if you're going to have four West Coast IPAs in an evening, which to be honest, bro, I was fucking looking forward to this. Um, because it's like, I could drink these and so could you all the time. And I think... Neither of us have four West Coast IPAs in the session. So I think it's going to be fat. I know we're both like, it's okay. We'll we'll drink them all later. But to try them side by side, to really show the differences between these beers, to show it's not one dimensional. You just, and I'm thinking of this because of what you just described. Like if we had Red Letter Day compared to this, it's night and day. Like, yeah, they're both West Coast, but they have very different approaches and they're both exceptional within themselves for their own reasons. And all of these beers tonight are very different. And I, neither of us have had all of these ones side by side. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting, um, experiment to do so. Do you think it's a little early to crack the next one or am I, am I getting excited? No, let's do it. Let's do it. So the first one was from Ontario. you, you,
1: You keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay.
0: Um, this next beer is from Quebec we wanted to make sure that at the very least we represented for both provinces. And when Nate comes back, I will confirm with him and I know he will agree that this particular brewery in Quebec um, quite potentially was the reason that both of us got back into West Coast IPAs. I was just saying that this particular brewery in Quebec could be the reason that both of us got back into West coast so heavy. Cause I don't recall being so interested in them until this brewery came along.
1: I would say that's, I would say that's definitely the case. Um, especially with the number of them that they like that they put out. Um, it's amazing to me that they've managed to put out this many, um, variations like on West coast styles. And it's like, I think that, West, like the West Coast ones that they put out, I'm more excited for those than I am for any other style they put out. And and like, and I love a lot of styles that they make, but the West Coast ones, uh, like, every single time I want it, I like, I want them as much as
0: possible. Could not agree more. And that's why we had to have this brewery on here. So, this is Sankey and Baron's Cypress West Coast IPA. Now, this is their 6.5 IPA version. They have multiple ones. They are all named after various trees that are found in the West Coast, which is super cool because I learned different tree names because of this. Um, and they've got multiple ones. They have one called Juniper, which is 5%, which is more of a West Coast pale ale. Then They have like Cypress at 6.5. They have Witchwood, which I believe is 7. Um, and they have another one that we're going to be getting into later at a higher ABV. And the fact that this... Bro- the, uh, this is why this was so important to us. The, like. The fact that these got like Nate, you just said, the fact that they've done, they must have done at least eight to 10 different West Coast. I think
1: so. I think so. Which is so.
0: just insane. In it's in wild. 2022, that's the point. Well, within the last two and a half years, put, coming up on three, like it's just bonkers that they've done this many and they're all so different. Um, it's yep. it's just a real testament to, to the brewery, but also to the flexibility um, of the style. On, oh, geez! look at that head. Oof. And also, yeah, big, great? So basically the same color as the uh, Anderson for the most part. Uh, first of all, huge shouts to Jacob for making sure that both Nate and I had this beer. It was, uh, yep. and like I said, inspired this podcast. And um, Jacob, when we told him that we were doing it, he made sure that we both had this beer and uh, another one that's that they right. had at the time. I was like, you don't have to rush it out. You know, we're not doing it for a bit. He's like, yeah, we're probably not going to do another one till like sometime in December. So I'm going to get you these guys. I was like, yeah, man, that's right. Like, it was just like very sweet of him. He's a good friend of uh, both of ours, of course. So, um, you know, and he knew that we were going to feature not one, but two beers from, from his brewery on this podcast. And they are just, it's mind boggling to be, to be, and Nate would agree um, absolutely sorry for all the content guys you know how it goes we crack a beer there's going to be content out the ass um you know it's it, what it's, we do it's just insane how good their west coast are so tell us about uh cyprus nate do you have uh, you said you know the hops for this one i will but can we take a sip first i i was h- hoping you would say that cheers brother get that in you cheers Just ah, oh man, isn't it just this home? It's glorious. That's great. Like that's great. Okay.
1: So so okay so oh, so let's talk about um, uh, yeah let, let, let's talk about flavor here because this one is different than uh, like than the Anderson one. I find this one is a bit lighter on the palate, and um, as far as sainte West Coasts go. I think this is probably one of the lightest on the spectrum okay. um, like and I'm not talking um, like and I'm not talking in color or appearance I'm ta- like I'm talking just how it sits on the palette like I find this one is kind of lighter crisper um, like just a bit kind of airy it's not thin but no. it just um, it, like but it just kind of feels lighter on the palette if that makes sense it's it has a bit more of a floral. Vibe going on to it, um, than uh, like than the Anderson one did, um, and as some of the uh, like and some of the other ones do, it's drier. Um, it's got a bit less of the like of the resinous uh, like kind of stickiness. Uh, like it's less sappy than some of the other ones are. Um, it is definitely still piney though. Um, yes. it's definitely still got some, like some grapefruit pith for sure. And, uh, like another citrus zest in it. That's my immediate impression. What do you think?
0: Agreed? 100%. I would like to add, I'm getting a lot of the candied citrus in this one. There's this is extra sort of sticky mm. sweetness. That's a little more amplified than even the the Anderson. And if I'm smelling both the cans, I really like enjoying, I really like smelling the cans directly and there's still yeah. some beer in this one but i like smelling when they're empty whilst i'm drinking them because you get a bit of a different um it's been sitting in here for some time so you get a different smell the anderson is more malty and i feel like there's a little more um sweeter on the uh yeah. for the, for the cypress and it's just so i mean 6.5 it's almost like i mean both you and i really love we talked about it a bunch like that's the money zone for ipas for us um well, actually, I can't really speak for you on that. That's probably not fair. I know it, it's mine. Do you agree yeah, with
1: that? Yeah, I, I, I tend to – my preferences tend to trend a little bit stronger than, uh, than you, but um, Like I mean, for most IPAs, I like six point five is a good spot to be. I prefer anything between six and a half to uh, like six and a half to eight, and I generally prefer something stronger. Not be not just because of the alcohol, but normally I like something with a bit of a heftier body to it, and that tends to come in at higher ABVs.
0: Completely fair, and uh, the good thing about the quality of uh, of the beer that both of us drink these days is the brewers actively work on. Amplifying that body in the lower ABVs, and I feel like a beer like this is just not. I mean, we're going to have a eight percent in a little bit, but it's going to be interesting to try that side by side with the others to see how much more hectic it is. But I feel like these do a real good job. Like you are not lacking in flavor in any shape or form. Uh, Certainly not.
1: Certainly not. And uh, to come back to the aroma for a second, another mm. like another difference that I found, like the Anderson one, um, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but I but like the Anderson one always, uh, like stands out as quite dank to me. Like it's a it, like it's one that always is the first example in my head, um, like of a dank IPA. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I really get that strongly with the Anderson one. This one, less so. What sticks out to me more in this one is the floral aspect.
0: Yes. And to go along with that, um, this beer, we do know the hop. So this has Simcoe, Equinot, Apollo, and Eclipse. So Simcoe yes, right. is something that you mentioned earlier, which is very well known for West Coast IPAs because it does give a lot of that dankness. Um, Equinot is like a real kind of like almost peppery which uh, and, and sort of herbal vibe to it. I don't know a lot about Apollo or Eclipse as far as what they would contribute, but I imagine that the first two probably are maybe the other Apollo and Eclipse are supporting hops to the other two. Just. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure uh, uh, either. Eclipse. I'm fairly certain is, is like is fairly new. Mm, um, the first here. beer that I re- like that I remember seeing Eclipse in was uh, like was Dominion City's Link-Up Pale Ale. Actually, that was the first time I had seen Eclipse. That's not to say that it hadn't, um, the, the, like that it wasn't on the scene beforehand. That's just the first time I saw it.
0: You have an impeccable memory, so I don't know how you remember stuff like this. You always just pull these gems. Out. I'm like, fuck, yes. I, I, I'm very <laughs> impressed. I, I, I appreciate oh, it because my memories are sieve. It's horrendous. I need to work on it. But this is uh this is a like, very intro. I mean, four hops is probably the maximum amount of hops you could have in a beer for, before it becomes maybe a bit of a convoluted mess. But Sankey M, as we have probably professed uh, time and time again on all of our platforms, are just uh, above and beyond uh, exceptional with everything that they do. And I imagine both of us would probably agree that their most exceptional product, amongst a suite of exceptional products, are their West Coast offerings. They are just – how do you make 10 different West Coast IPAs in 2022? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like how do they even do this? I'd love, I, I'd love to – I've never met Dimitri, but I'd love to talk – who's their brewer? I'd love to just talk to him and go, bro, what the fuck are you doing? What's yeah. happening here? Talk to me.
1: It would it, like it's the kind of thing that if they were to decide all of a sudden that they're only going to brew one style ever again, I would be saying please make it West Coast.
0: <laughs> I, I actually couldn't agree more. And there's so I was trying to like skim through Untapped to see if I could get a bit of a okay, not all right. I was trying to see if I could get like a gauge to how many, um, how many beers they've uh, done in West Coast. But yeah, there, there's just. It just—it's so crazy how different the style could be. I feel like that's you know maybe people think West Coast and they think you know this little box of what it could be, but I feel like they have like awakened, reawakened a love for this beer, which is nostalgic for you and I because I imagine I think we got into beer about the same time, like nerding out about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know we've been in decade and some change and. Um, it takes us back to those days when this was everything. And this was the most, arguably the most exciting shit that you could get aside from, you know, some European stuff, or if you landed the American West coast or something like that. Um, and it's, it's just so, it's so refreshing. Let, fortunately, Jacob sent us a couple of, well, I got, he sent me a couple of each of these. I think you, you even got yourself some more because you're a smart man. And I had one of these the other night and I was just, fuck man. I was just, I was like, I can't yeah. to do this podcast. It's, it's just so good.
1: Yeah, it's it's like I could drink this every goddamn
0: day. <laughs> every beer session, honestly. Like I try, like you said. Um, usually, I, it's happened a few times lately. Where like I think I texted you maybe like a week ago. like, bro, I really think I'm gonna go for West Coast like, if, I, if I really thought about it and I had a choice. I'd probably go for a West Coast. And I think you texted me like a week later, and you're like, dude, this is just fucking insane. Like we're just, it's, it's not even about being drunk or little. It's just more just like this is. This is just glorious. The, 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 it's it's just really, really good. It's truly spectacular. Um, and, you know, obviously the artwork that Sankiem do around this with all the different trees, and I imagine that's an actual cypress tree. And, you know, I was familiar it, with it,
1: it. It probably is. Jacob's attention to detail, is, like,
0: is exceptional. Is A1. But, yeah, I mean, look, it is definitely – I wouldn't say marked, markedly different than the Anderson, but it's, it's different – I feel like these two arguably are more in the similar-ish vein, but their still approach isn't identical. It's still, they're still very different beers like you were pointing out. So even yeah. within a similar, 6.2 I think was the Anderson. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just phenomenal stuff. So continuing on with the, with the nerdy shit, if there's nothing else we wanted to say about the beer itself.
1: Uh, no, I mean, I think we I, like I think we've covered on the beer like on the beer itself. Like I like I could I could gush about this beer and their West Coast IPAs all day. I think,
0: and we I agree, and we will continue to do so. Trust me, guys. That, uh, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, we will. Um, we will. I'm just scanning through some of these articles. It just had a few good points. Someone's saying here that Stone upped the hops level. Like Stone was really responsible for that. Uh, someone's like it became almost like a chili eating contest. Someone someone came out with seventy five IBUs. Another brewer came out with eighty five IBUs. So, I think this is around the time, uh, the early nineties, which was from what I can tell here, around the same time or just before, or maybe just after um, Blind Pig came out. Which I didn't. Excuse me, I didn't know that um, that that was the first one. Also, fun fact, Green Flash trademarked the term West Coast IPA in 2011. Did they? Mm. How's that, huh? Which is pretty yep. crazy. Um, and it was the – I remember having that beer. I can't remember if even my friend Phil from Brewheads uh, brought it up because he was bringing those in 2014. He came up twice to Montreal, 2014, 2015. Uh, and I think we also had access at the LCBO. We're bringing them in. So we just had a lot more access to them. Um, so that was... A, and then, of course, you've got uh, Dogfish Head who came in and we're, we're sort of kicking that around. This is 2003, apparently, uh, when they started doing that, when they did the 60-minute, 90-minute, 75-minute, 120-minute IPA, things like that. So I think they really took it to the next level as far as that's concerned. So it seemed like maybe both coasts, because they're based in Delaware, so both of um, both coasts in the U.S., were uh, really going hard. Um, I don't know in Canada. I don't know if you have any like historical knowledge locally. If anyone was doing anything sort of wild here in that realm, maybe in the nineties, as opposed to the twenty tens that we were talking about.
1: Oh, geez, um,
0: it's a lot, right? I, I couldn't
1: got... say. Um, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, it, I my uh, I, I, I don't have a historical sense of what was going on um, in the beer scene in Canada at that time, unfortunately.
0: That's okay. I mean, we're, I would say just like with most um, cultural trends, I guess that sort of permeate the Western culture, they typically come from the States, even growing up in Australia, all the cool shit came from the States and, and, and to see how Americanized Australia is now, it's kind of wild. Cause it was not like that growing up. So yeah, they really are driving that side of things so obviously you know we in canada picked it up and the rest of the world picked it up too um so the i'm just sort of scanning through this here okay so this list on the first we feast who do um hot ones they put together it's called 40 years of influence 10 beers that define the west coast style ipa which i think is pretty damn interesting um, and this is mm-hmm. what they got. They surveyed one, two, three, four, five different uh, brew masters. So from stone, golden road, Eagle rock, noble ales, and anchor. And they want to say what the most influential West coast. IBAs. And most of them were from California, I know they're all from California, which is probably pretty important. Um,
1: That's not surprising.
0: Not surprising. It's probably smart. Uh, anchor Liberty ale, which was the one I mentioned at the beginning there that, uh, you know, came out in the seventies. Um, which was the first one that kind of strayed beyond an English ale. So whilst it wasn't a real IPA because it was still a pale ale, it was in that vein, and it was the first one to use American hops and the first one to use Cascade. Very hilarious in this time to say little-known Oregon hop Cascade, um, which is pretty cool. I haven't had Liberty Ale for a while. I imagine it would be pretty soft in comparison to most other things today. Um, Of course, another beer is Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. And of your favorite, Nate, celebration ale um yes i wonder if we could maybe this is probably a good pause to take to talk about uh what celebration ale is and uh, your passion for all things wet and fresh hop um in that realm yeah um
1: yeah this is uh, this is a good time for that and um so yeah so and interestingly like like we talk about uh, celebration and it's one that i gush about all the time and Actually, I've not yet ever had Celebration. I've uh, they, they, really? they, that's the thing. I've had uh, the, like I've had beers that were uh, kind of made in tribute to Celebration, but like I'm, I get obsessed with it every year around this time because like I follow a, like I follow a bunch of American people on. Um, uh, the, the, like in the beer scene on Twitter and Instagram and uh, like, you know, when they're all going wild for celebration at this, uh, like at this time of year, basically from mid November, uh, like right through to new year's, I'm seeing it all over their feeds and just getting so jealous. And celebration is a fresh hop IPA. Um, and I, like, I actually like had to check myself on a distinction here because like I've fallen into the trap that a lot of people do, which is kind of ich- Fresh hop and wet hop, um, and it's Tooth and Nail that set me straight on this with the, like with the post because they just re-released Hop Hugs um, j- like just today. In fact, I think or may- it was today or yesterday. Um, hop Hugs is Tooth and Nail's ode to Nevada celebration, and in their lo- like in their post uh, announcing its release today, they broke down the distinction between wet hop and fresh hop wet hop specifically refers to when um when hops are picked off the bind and like and thrown into like and thrown into the like into the brew within 24 hours of being picked so that like so that's wet hop is basically bind to brew with like within less than a day so fresh hop Fresh hop is different though because it's not um, like because it's not necessarily going straight from buying to brew. It is uh, like it is picked fresh and often uh, like and often pelletized or like or it might even be flash frozen or something like or something like that. Um, and it is uh, like I believe it is still whole cone, um, but it's not necessarily being picked and put in, in the same day kind of thing, which is the, like, which is the distinction. It's something like, it's something about when it, like when it's picked and kind of how it's then, uh, like how it's then packaged and dehydrated or whatnot. Um, what I would say, just go to tooth and nails, Instagram and read their post on um, the release of hop hugs today for a full breakdown on the distinction between fresh and wet hop. But Coming back, coming back around to it, um, I need to get my hands on Sierra Nevada celebration at some point. But um, we're really, really lucky in Ontario, and especially here in Ottawa, to have not only hop hugs, but since we did the um, the Fall Styles pod a few weeks back, um, one of the ones that I mentioned on there that I wasn't expecting to see this year was Dominion Cities winding down the vines. Um, which was a harvest ale that they um, like that they did, I think it must have been five years ago and they hadn't brewed it since, but they like they re-released that um, just a week or two ago. It is different than it was five years ago. Um, five years ago, it was like um, like a pale gold kind of thing. Um, and now, it is kind of exactly like hop hugs and exactly like celebration. It is um, kind of like, like, it is red, like a copper red in color and a completely different flavor, like flavor profile. There's like a caramel malt profile to it, like which really comes out and that um, like, and that fresh hop, uh, the, like kind of thing going on with it being earthy and grassy and uh, like, and floral. And you've got this bitterness that is uh, like, that's balancing out the like um, the, the caramel malt sweetness. It's, it's just delightful. Um, so highly, highly, recommend dominion cities winding down the binds and now that tooth and nail has uh like re-released hop hugs like th- like and that has been absolute money the last two years and it's now back for its third year like i wouldn't i like i would highly highly recommend that
0: sure I might have to do an order then okay sold i did see that it dropped and I uh, was pretty keen on it okay that was really good uh context because that is almost like a subset of west coast ipas arguably which we did not allow for this evening, um, but uh, very cool to just sort of touch on that, um, particularly as you know, started from uh, Sierra Nevada there. Um, yep. Another one that I've never heard of was called Bert Grant's IPA, and it's got this like Scottish dude. Oh, from Yakima. I've not company. heard of that one. 1983. And it's got this like yeah, like super Scottish, like wearing Scottish shit with like a kilt and stuff on. A little bit weird. And it was apparently the first craft beer that used IPA in the name. Huh. There you go. The next one they had was called Swami's IPA from Pizza Port Brewery in Salina Beach, California. So I've had some beers from Pizza Port in LA before. Um, And this beer was, I'm sorry, San Diego. Well, they're from San Diego. And they were hopped with Galena, G-A-L-E-N-A. I don't think that hop is around anymore. Uh, Centennial and Cascade. And that was... um, I don't know if it's still around now, but that was apparently one of the OGs. There was, of course, Blind Pig, uh, which they call it Blind Pig Inaugural Ale, which was from 1994 from Blind Pig Brewing Company, which eventually became Russian River. Um, I have had that. I think I remember having it for the first time at um, Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia, which... Uh, was a fantastic experience. Very happy to find that there. I think I had that and finding I lost my collective shit uh, back in 2019. Uh, was not aware that it was going to be there, and uh, very excited. Um, so that is the classic. Have you had Blind Pig?
1: I have not had Blind Pig. I have not.
0: Okay, so that is an, another classic here, Lagunitas IPA, which I haven't had for forever. It's uh, came out in 1995. Um they were saying that uh, there was a regionality to IPAs and Lagunitas took them national with this particular beer.
1: Right, okay.
0: So I haven't had it for a while. To be honest, I imagine most of us haven't had it because it was bought out by Heineken. Not that that's always a bad thing, but I imagine there's usually, if you go to a place and they've got that, they typically have better shit. So I would not. Lean towards drinking that, but if I went to a place that this was the best beer, I wouldn't be ups, completely upset about it. Uh, yep. Even though it's been a while. Um, of yep. course, Stone's IPA. They came out in 1997. They just called it IPA. Um, they are today the most widely available West Coast IPA. And this one was, they, I guess they were sort of um, one of the first that were really aggressive with the marketing. So, I think that really helped with their branding and their gargoyle little dragon things that they had going on. Um, Apparently, on the back of the bottle, it says, This is an aggressive beer. You probably won't like it type shit. So, the way they had these really like, uh, you know, zany marketing um, ploys there. So, that was a really big one. The next one, and I don't even know how much I want to talk about this right now uh, Pliny the Elder, uh, in my opinion, the greatest West Coast IPA of all time uh that came out in 2000 from russia river um this evening i won't go too much into it but we were supposed to have double dry hot planting um the universe wanted something else to happen and it did not happen so uh it is what it is so every time i see this my heart is being wrenched a bit but this is a uh have you had this before at all bro
1: I have not, no. I, I, I've not had the privilege of, of trying anything from Russian River yet.
0: Okay, okay. So that's definitely going to be goals right there. Um, this is easily the best West Coast IPA I've ever had. It is the quintessential one as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it has Amarillo yep. Centennial CTZ, I don't know what that is, and Simcoe Hops. Um, and they brewed it for the beer for the first ever double IPA festival in 2000, um, which is pretty cool so uh that is pretty fire if you ever get your hands on that i mean they they relatively easy to get in the west coast um at least around they're in uh, sonoma county so there's sort of there's two different uh spots they have up there so definitely get your hands on that one uh of course green Flash is west coast ipa as we talked about earlier who owned the trademark that came out in 2004 which is pretty dope they're in san diego um they yeah they they really sort of represented West Coast IPA more than anything else. First, and um, it's the Double IPA, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's ten. There you go. So there you are. I've had a bunch of these. Probably half of them, almost, almost. Actually, no, almost all of them. So uh, you know, I mean, those are all Americans. The thing is, like, you know, the Canadian uh, IPAs didn't really like move the needle culturally, like. Some of the American stuff, so it was a bit of yep. a different situation. But uh, you know, there's, as you can see, this uh, there's a lot of history with this style, and a lot of um, really impactful beats that um, have just changed the game, changed the brewing game completely.
1: Yeah, um, for sure.
0: With that, so
1: here's cool. a yeah. Um- Here's a thought that uh, that I was having. Like with the next beer that we have, I think we can probably start to talk about a lot of um, other breweries that make really good West Coast IPAs that we're not drinking tonight in Ontario. But while we're, so. on Quebec, um, while we're on Quebec, while uh, like, we're on fo- Quebec, like because we're because we're like we're focusing on Saint Jean Baron, like who are like who I think it's fair to say make the best West Coast IPAs in Quebec. Um, but who else do you think? Um, making good West coast IPAs in uh, like in Quebec that we're not talking about tonight. One that came to mind for me Please. and it maybe falls more into the American IPA category as opposed to a West coast per se, but uh Le Castor Yakima. Oh my uh, god, like, like one that's uh, like, that's one that's been on the scene for quite a while. And uh, the, like American IPA for sure, but definitely leaning West for sure. Wouldn't you say?
0: A hundred percent agreed. Um, that beer changed a lot for me when I first moved to Montreal and getting hold of that beer. It rocked my shit. Uh, every – almost every – you know how like I was saying before that a lot of brewers are saying that like, you know, Sierra Nevada's ale uh, really changed their life. I hear in, interviewing people in Quebec, probably seven or eight out of ten of them said that Yakima changed their life. The Yakima IPA changed everything. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it's such an important beer that, you know, Dan from uh, – um Castor, who doesn't drink right now. He's he's he had a head injury, he's not allowed to drink. He um yeah, man, he really changed everything with that beer and the approach. It was kind of like the way we were describing some of the other beers that happened in the States that really were aggressively hot that were you know, it was a cool marketing, like the the logo's dope, the, the label art was dope, they had the bottle with the printed on the glass. Um I just remember being blown away in twenty. I moved in twenty twelve. I must have got it then, and it, it was just such a spectacular beer. It was in like this. I think I don't know if it was a seven fifty. It was like a like a six fifty or something. It was in like a sort of a bottle.
1: I feel like it was when one of those weird 650
0: ones. It went almost everything in Quebec. Quebec were very slow to get onto cans. So when I was first getting into beer, it was fucking annoying to lug shit back home. Um, but it was uh, it was a genuinely special beer. And to be honest, if we didn't have the, the two from Sanky I think that would have been probably the priority from Quebec to have on this podcast to really represent what Quebec um, West Coast IPAs are all about. Uh, another yeah. really fantastic one was uh, Pit Caribou's. Um, they, I think it was like they called it American IPA. But it was more of a West Coast. It was. St- I right. remember my first ever right. beer trade was this dude in, Cal- in Alberta somewhere, and I got him those two beers, Yakima and the Pit Caribou, and traded that. And he sent me some stuff. I forgot what it was, but it was like they were the best two IPAs at the time. And I'm like, here, you know, I was broke as shit back then too, so doing that was a big deal for me, and. I really enjoyed. I was like really happy for him to try. If I was going to give somebody the beers from Quebec that I would, you know, wanted to try as far as the higher level IPAs, those were the two. Um, just nice. genuinely spectacular um, offerings. Another one, which you could probably riff off this one, was uh, Judasiel's um, Mortality. Morality. Morality. Thank you so much yeah uh just and that was excellent choice that came out around the same time i think uh early 2010s um ish and fuck man that was a great beat then i did the immorality which was like the and that was a collab with the alchemist which is fucking crazy like jf collab with the alchemist on that which is like one of probably the only longstanding Alchemist collab in Canada. Like it's insane that that's what that is, which is just a ramped up version of morality. Yeah. That's bananas. Yeah. Just uh, like, I think those three, I don't know if there's any more that you can add to it, but those three have to be the top tier West coast, like OG West coast. So I guess we could call it OG and maybe there's, and, and then the newer um, era is the Sankey Ms and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. Are we missing any though? I feel like we're definitely not. Not we're, not we're certainly a ton, mi- like we're,
1: we're, like we're, we're certainly missing a bunch, but like those are Let's definitely see. probably the three most iconic ones.
0: Yeah. Um, in the scene, like in the scene there, but I wonder if I'm just really quickly googling it to see right now. Oh, top Quebec IPAs. La Trois Muscataire IPA. No, that's a... Um, oh, this is Hop Citizens. So shout out to Dwayne. He did a beer. This is in 2016. So it's actually perfect because an older blog post is going to give us that style. This is pre, yep. uh, pre-haze. So La Trois Muscataire IPA, that one was the first, one of the first Quebec ones because Noah told me to do that in 2017 and I got it warm off the shelf and it was bad, but he told me it was haze. Um, so right. I... Uh, maybe originally it was Westy a bit. Um, No. Oh, Oh, Benelux. Fuck. So Benelux. I went to Benelux a lot because I went to um, McGill. When I moved to Montreal, I went to McGill, the um, continuing studies, the, you know, old motherfucker part of it. And it wasn't in the Harry Potter university. It was across the street. And there was a dude in my class who was American, but he lived in the street next to Benelux. So he was like, yo, I go to this brewery Benelux all the time. I'm like, oh, what's this all about? And, um, so I went with him a few times and then I, that was like my go-to when people came to town, aside from Judas e. uh, I took him to Benelux and, um, Benelux had some fantastic West coast IPAs back in the day. Um, the one that Dwayne had here is called sabotage, uh, which I do recall. Um, but I have a feeling they had a whole, like, string of different West Coast IPAs, um, which is fantastic. He also had Morality here, which is great. Um, oh yeah, Dunham had their Cyclop series, where they had uh, different. Um, that's perfect. Where they had different uh, hop versions of it. They're mostly New England now, but probably back in the day they were more on the West Coast, uh, star, East Coast style of things. Um, he had Tribal IPA from my brasserie. I, I've had that, but I don't recall it. Uh, no, I don't know that one. That's all he had here. Okay, that was a pretty decent article as far as like the the the, you know, the some of, some of the Quebec stuff. Um, he did... Oh, he did article. Top Quebec IPAs part two. Okay. Oh, okay. Now this is newer. So this is all like haze now, which is not what we're talking about here. And these are all great haze, nah. but they're not out. So we don't need to know about that. But yeah, those were some good ones. The thing is, though, it's really hard to kind of remember because you don't always like... I don't know. You don't always sort of keep this in the front of mind. Like we were saying earlier, we are concentrating on Hayes for, for so long now. So some of this is a bit of like it's stretching the memory a bit. So like, yo, what were we drinking back then? You know. Yep. Um,
1: but on that note, we should probably uh, get, get to the next beer. Okay.
0: Yes, sir. I was about to say, so we're going to move back to Ontario with this one. And this is a brewery that is very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, They were the first brewery that BOS ever collabed with. And uh, you can see it in the screen right here. And this is their year-round West Coast IPA, or if it's not year-round, it's pretty close to it. I have not had this beer for quite some time. Excuse me. So I was pretty excited that um, we're going to do this because we needed to have two IPAs from each province. We both already had Anderson because we did the podcast and we really thought we were so exceptional. we were both losing our shit over it that we had to keep Anderson in this podcast. But this beer is a fave for both of us from the good lords that sought our city. This is Lone Pine. Nate, is this year round or is this like a sort of a few times a year?
1: This is year round, my friend.
0: I knew you would know it because you are just a dependable young man. And this is why we're friends. Um... <laughs> This is their uh you know flagship west flagship their flagship i p a which is uh fantastic uh to sam jimbo the whole team out there uh, a bunch of flipping legends um oh look at that head oh shit i got excited um <laughs> you know how it goes already all I did was just sip the head i didn't even uh. Drink the, everything properly, and I could already tell this was very different to uh, that. Now, would you say this looks pretty similar to to what we're, we've already had?
1: So here is side by side with Cypress right here.
0: Okay. So it's pretty similar. So,
1: so, so uh, pretty similar. Cypress is maybe a touch darker. And okay. I would say that the uh, like that Anderson was even a touch darker than that. So I like so I think this is the, so I think this is the lightest that we've had so far.
0: Okay, um, this one is also six point five percent. It smells. Uh, it's pretty different to the last two. Um, yep. I haven't sipped it yet. Do you want to sip it first, and we can take uh, the story? Yeah, let's do it, mate. Get that Cheers. in. Hmm. All right. Fuck, man. See, this is exactly what I was hoping would happen um, in this episode. By the way, this was the one beer we got separately. Um, what uh, is your um, canning date on this beer?
1: Right. Uh, so I picked this up at uh, like at the L- at the LCBO. I picked this up five hours ago. Okay. (laughs) Uh, The packaging date on mine is October 13th.
0: All right. I got September 16th. So mine is uh, a solid month older than yours. Um, Yep. The head is pillowy, meringue like. Um, Oh, yeah. Very citrusy nose. Yep. Mm. Which, while the others were uh, insanely citrusy. I feel like this is a little more ramped up in the citrus. Uh, Would you concur with that at all?
1: I would. Okay. I would. This is uh, like this is like there's. Whereas the other ones, you definitely got grapefruit quite a bit. This one even has a bit more going on on that front. Like you can all like you can almost taste that there's like. Kind of like lemon and uh, and like tangerine orange kind of thing, uh, like going on in there as well. Like there's and not just pith either. Like there's a like there's more kind of like a zest thing going uh, going on with this as well. Like a yeah. bit more of a zip to it.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. It's definitely the the most accessible. I don't know if that's the right word for this situation, but like it's got the least. It's the least piney. The least dank. The least resinous, the smoothest. It's still there. It's still bitter. Still piney. Still dank. But it's it's certainly a level below the other two beers. Yeah,
1: it's um, it's int- it's really really interesting having um, like having these side by side in this because if I had thought to describe like, because I've had Lone Pine many many times, um, and if I was to think to describe it I would have said it was aggressively piney um like because I mean I I think of it as like a really really piney IPA um but it actually does taste more subdued on that front than the other two that we've had and that is not in any way a negative um like it's it's as it's as delicious as it was before but the flavors like just in comparison side by side are actually a little more like are actually a little more delicate and subtle than uh, th- like, like than I would have interestingly said. Like this is making for an interesting experiment on that front,
0: which is exactly what we were hoping for. We didn't want this yep. to all be a whole bunch of the same things and be like, "Oh wow, these all taste the same. They're so different." Um while you were mm-hmm. just like talking about that, I'm just like fucking like really sniffing the can. And it's like almost yep. like mostly citrus. Like the pine is obviously there, yep. but it's just so more subdued, as you said. That's really what it is. And the hops on this one are Summit, Simcoe, Columbus, and Chinook. So yep. more sea hops, uh, another Simcoe, which is not surprising, and Summit I know of, but um, not particularly familiar with it. They also do, and you might not remember what this is, once you've got a much better memory, as we have just discussed, but they also do Twin Pines. Uh, that's yes. What is that beer again? Like, remind me. Uh,
1: now, I haven't had Twin Pine in a few years now. Um, huh. So, my, they, so my, my, memory is, my memory is not great. Um, I don't know if it's the exact same hop profile as the double Pine, but it's. Right, right. It like it, it is a double version. It's Lone Pine's bigger brother. I don't know if they changed anything in the hot bill, um, or like or anything like that. But it is meant to be Lone Pine's bigger brother. Um, so you know, it's more like more aggressively piney for sure. Um, like a bit heftier in body. More. Like, I'm I'm recalling something that's a little more resinous, a bit more like a bit sweeter in the. Uh, like in the hot profile, a bit more sappy kind of thing right. is what uh, like is what I'm thinking of from the last time I had it, which is a few years ago at this
0: point. Okay, so it looks like they've, there's people checking into it in the last couple of weeks on on tap, which means maybe it came out more recently. Um, I want to. Get I feel my- like I would
1: have seen that if it had. That would have. I'm.
0: Oh, I would if I started the LCB I would buy that for sure. I'll text Sam about it because I was actually talking to him the other day. Uh, my brother bumped into him, and um, so I shot him a text and said, G'day. But I, I wouldn't mind asking him about this and see what's going on, because this is uh, – uh, first of all, their new branding is just exceptional. I love their it's new branding. Great. So that's, uh, it's great. great. I got a nice little beer mail from them today, actually, and they, they sent some of their bigger stuff. They, they have a beer called Lone Wine, which is their barley wine. And uh, we've talked about this on the pod before. This is uh, obviously out of scope for this pod. But when we were on Chinwag, we kind of put a bit of Chinwag, a bit of a pause on that for a bit because we did it for a year or so. And, you know, uh, times changed, I guess, because things opened up or whatever. And uh, when you boys were encouraging me, I mean, it's primarily Noah, but encouraging me to get uh, started on some barley wine, that was one of the first ones I had or the first one I had. Um, whatever that was. So I now have that again. I'm very excited, uh, to get into that one. And also blood of Cthulhu, which is their. Um, I think it's a cranberry raspberry stout. It's fucking amazing.
1: I love that. Oh, it's blood of Cthulhu. It like is spectacular. That's one of the, uh, yeah. Like when, when I was first getting into the craft beer scene, like in the social media scene, um, Blood of Cthulhu, I remember was like was kind of one of the, the like one of the ones that was hard to get your hands on back uh, that like back before the days of everyone I, shipping across Ontario, like what like when trading was more like was more of a regular thing. I remember that one being a very sought after trade worthy beer.
0: Oh yeah, because that was ye... Yeah, and was right be- like,
1: like like and and rightly so. Like it was the, the, like that's a dynamite. Um, Fruited imperial stout. It's really, really fucking good.
0: Jammy and chocolatey. Um, out of scope, but still, I love sawdust.
1: Out of scope. Um, but like, and you, like you mentioned, you mentioned lone wine. Um, And while technically out of scope, not like, you know, not hugely out of scope either, because in a way, I feel a little bit like American barley wine in a sense, like really kind of dialed up West Coast IPAs. Like if you think of Dogfish Head um, and, you know, with their 60, 90, 120 and whatnot, 120-minute mm-hmm. um, uh, like IPA
0: is basically really a barley really wine.
1: At that, like at that strength is basically an American barley wine. Like like once you get up to the point of like 12, 14% with something that is aggressively hopped and uh, like and kind of – Needs to have a pretty hefty malt presence to, uh, th- th- like you know, to turn out that kind of um, uh, like that kind of ABV. You're basically in American barley wine
0: territory at that mm. point. I wonder then if they called it, they called the beer Lone Wine because it's a ramped up version of essentially this beer that we're drinking right now. To um, untap says it's 11.2, and Obviously, it's not hopped the same way, but it's, you know, sticky, caramel, toffee, big and bold, um, hopped in a very specific way. Um, They've still got here even the description, uh, subdued orange citrus with hints of marmalade and pine. So you are right that it is. I have
1: a feeling that's exactly why they called it that.
0: Interesting. Okay. I mean, this is the, the... The latest version, I'm uh, uh, genuinely excited because the the branding is cool. Like the picture of it, Jesus Christ, looks so much like this beer, just a bit more uh, opaque because barley wines typically aren't super clear. But um, exactly, that's a really good point. So like an IPA really is – oh, sorry. A barley wine is just a really ramped up IPA for the the most part, which is uh, very cool. So it is on brand with this, and they they are still – advertising it at or at least describing the tasting notes are piney and orange, which is what we're getting in this right now. But I guess twin pines is ramped up a bit more. And then, then, you know, going from eight to 11.2 for the barley wine. It's, um, it's cool when you look at it like that. eh?
1: Interesting. Yeah, it is for sure. And if you look at different kinds of barley wines too, like if you get away from the, like from the American, um, barley wines, if you look more at like English barley wines, those are like, those are ones where, you know, you don't get the same kind of hop presence, but you do get a lot more kind of. In like you like those are the ones where you get more of the flavors like you know, raisins and dates and uh, like and kind of the different kind of maltier sweet like sweeter characteristics that uh, like that come through in English barley wines, and those do come actually like those actually do come forward in some American barley wines as well. Uh, like there, are very uh, you know. There's a lot of layers in a mm. good, uh, like in a good barley wine that come up in um, that, like you know, those hop characters and those malt characters that that strengthen kind of when they've been often aged for a while. That like the layers of flavor that can come through in a really good one turn in really interesting ways.
0: I agree. Uh, you and I both have been investing in a few. Double barrel barley wines recently. The one from Barncat Sweet Release we both got. Um, there was the double finisher from uh, Third Moon. I think we both got that too. Um, there's a, a few different. Do you want to tap the camera there? I think you just sort of went a little out of focus. I just noticed right now. Oh, you, did I? If you could just tap your face on the on the screen, and it'll probably bring it right back on oh, in. Yep. Yeah, tap that beautiful grill of yours. There you go, your little. There you go, your fucking sex puppy need to see that face crisp and clean. Um, Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch. And I've been like – I do my big beer Wednesdays where I do big stouts or barley ones or whatever. And I look forward to it every week, man. Like I've really, really enjoyed it. And I've been trading with my friend in Montreal recently, and he's been getting me to get him the Ontario ones because there's a whole bunch just happened to be released here recently. And it's been cool trading with him because he's getting them. I wouldn't have probably got them if he didn't hit me up. So I was like, all right, I'll get one. He'll get like a six of them and then I'll get, oh, I'll grab one. So now I'm like starting to stock up a little bit. I just got the lone wine. So I feel like I've just got a whole bunch of fire stouts and barley ones. I am mean, like, I'm about to say I'm looking forward to winter. I'm fucking not looking forward to winter, but I got all these big bastard beers to like, you know, get me through. And it's really cool to, to discover barley wine and, I hadn't thought of it as much as, as what you just said, that, that it is the ramped-up version of an IPA. So what we're doing is drinking barley wine, a, a mini barley wine almost. Um, there's hot hop differently, <laughs> of course, but it's kind of cool. session when, barley wine? session barley wine, which is... You know, Lone Pine is their session version of Lone Wine. It's... Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Pretty cool when you really think about it because that's essentially what it is, and it's it kind of puts IPAs, or at least this west coast, in, in perspective of what it's like how deep. Like, all you do is ramp up the malt profile a bit, boom, it's a whole other style. You know, you can start, yeah, sure. you got the low ABV, like the five percenters, which we didn't really deal with tonight, but you know, you got where we're at around the six ish, six six and a half, or whatever the fuck, and you go into the doubles around the eight, and then you can just go. There isn't many. Oh, this is a bit of a thing that. On that train of thought, there isn't many triple West Coast IPAs. Oh no, I know not one. really. Plenty of the younger, so the the big uh, one that releases every February, where people drive to, they go up to the brewery and they line up outside in the cold and do their whole thing, it's, and to get one little pour in the thing. But they started canning it, so I think it's a little easier to get but still uh, very highly sought after version of, um, you know, Pliny, which is pretty dope. But aside from that, I can't think of it.
1: Um, I think, I think that Barncat has done a triple West coast. Um,
0: oh, do you know who I did? Can't think of Third the- moon did one the other day. I swear to God. Like Right.
1: Yes. Yes. That's right. That's right. I remember that too.
0: I'm going to pull that up real quick. Oh, you know what? I it's think that good.
1: was like, like, was that a conjuration or was that? It was uh, a conjuration.
0: You're exactly right. I think right. so. Yeah. God, your memory, my guy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's very, very good. Yes, it was a conjuration, like the latest version. And I purposely didn't get it because I don't really like triples of anything. But I almost, as you said that out loud, I was like, oh, I fucked up. I should have got it. Mm. Uh, is that it? Conjuration. Yep. Triple IPA in the form of a brand new Conjuration. Tri- Conjuration 16 is a West Coast triple IPA clocking in at 11%. Dry hop with Centennial and Chinook. But it's like hazy. 11. Holy shit. That so is it's bold. An 11% triple IPA. <laughs> like, even on my. The reason I didn't get it was on my big. I, I, I can't even see a, a time when I would drink it. That's my problem. I. Yeah. On my big beer nights. That's a lot of beer. That's a lot, bro. Like I don't mind drinking like some of the ones. Dude, you know how we got those Barncat uh, wheat wines and shit. Like they're like 14%. The, uh, double finisher, I think from, um, third movie is like, isn't it 16% or something? Like I would drink that to myself and that would be all I would have for that evening. But I, I, I don't mind doing it if it's a barley wine or a stout on my big beer night, but on a, I don't know if I really want a IPA on on that night. I want to dabble into these other styles. Um, so I just for some like,
1: like for some reason like a triple IPA will fuck you up even more. For
0: some reason, <laughs>
1: I, like like I, I don't know why it feels like it feels like they hit you harder even than like a big stout or
0: something mm-hmm. like that. It's nuts every time. Uh, yeah, man. The only time I can I don't I, know
1: if it's just like I don't know if it's just because you naturally drink like IPAs faster than, uh, faster than stouts. Maybe it's as Could simple be. as that, but, yeah, I, yeah. but
0: I don't know what it is. I had the one – you got me a Bar Canada one um, last time we met up. We met last weekend, and I had it on one, one of the nights. I, I wasn't supposed to drink. I don't drink Mondays, but I had a podcast Monday for Link Up, so which just dropped now that we're recording right now. But the that night, I was like, well, I'm drinking. What am I going to do? Not drink anymore. So I was like, well, to stop me drinking too much, how about I have that triple IPA? And that was a good time for it. But I remember feeling, I think in the end, like I only had one 5% beer earlier than that one. I felt pretty lit. Whereas on Wednesday, I had a, uh, also thanks to you, I had a, a Peche Motel, which is probably one of the greatest beers ever made, period, point blank. I don't think anybody's ever arguing. It is just so deeply spectacular. And then after that, yep. I still had an eleven percent imperial stout full can, both of them to, my, to myself. No problem though, like no dramas. All all of you them probably nursed
1: them. that over like over like an hour and a half though, right? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Like though, and I think that's what I was kind of supporting your argument that maybe the triple IPA that I had on the Monday, I was probably like ah, ah. but
1: probably like half an hour forty five max
0: absolutely and then the other beer. you want to tap that camera again and then the um oh no, you've got, you're, good. no, no you're good you're good you're good I kick back in um and then the stout you're right absolutely nursing it hour hour and a half at least uh for that and even the first one I probably because I wait till after I eat so I've got a nice little foundation so it doesn't fuck me up um yep it's almost like instead of dessert I'll have those beers which is my way of not drinking you know, making fun of, like, you know, you're not drinking nights, but, you know, you end up having that. But, um, yeah, so Triple I, I know we were digressing a bit, but, yeah, Triple West Coast's, very, very cool of Third Moon to do that. They've done one or two other West Coast IPAs. I don't know if I got hold of it. I think one of their regular, one of the earlier conjurations was a West Coast IPA. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm recalling a double West Coast IPA in one double. of the earlier conjurations. Did you get it? Yeah, I did. I remember it being good.
0: I don't recall. All right. Um,
1: So, so how about this? Um, We're uh,
0: yeah, hour and a half in.
1: Just going to take it. Just going to take another sip there, but um, we should grab that. uh, The last one. We should grab the fourth beer, and then before, like before we drift too far off this topic, we're going to talk about the other beer. But then I want to talk about um, notable Ontario West Coast IPAs.
0: Very important. Okay. Perfect. So you want to go fetch that last one? So as uh, we discussed earlier, we're swinging back to Quebec um, for this other beer. And we look, we just had to do two from this brewery. They're uh, like we're saying, the stuff is just impeccable. Um, This beer is glorious. And then I think what I'd like to do is almost like go around the circle um, of beers that we had and take a sip from everything. And just to see side by side, just exactly how different all of these beers are, um, which is kind of what we wanted to demonstrate tonight. We didn't know exactly how it would go, but we know they're all pretty different beers, and we really wanted to make sure that we were showcasing the the depth that West Coast IPAs could have, and how different, and how unique, and how um, just fucking beautiful. they are. I was just saying Nate, we after we sort of deal with this beer, maybe towards the end we could do like a you know do a sip from each one. And really do them side yep. by side just to show um, yeah. how uh-huh. unique and how different all of these beers are. <laughs> now, this is probably the oldest beer we're having tonight. I've just looked at how this is about just over two months old. Hang yep. on. Oh, actually, no. This My Lone Pine was older than that by a few days. Yeah. So not too bad. Everything is this relatively fresh. And do you know what one good thing about West Coast IPAs are in comparison to Haze? I like Haze within one to two weeks. Um, When you start getting around the month, even Troy from Badlands, was just like he thinks the beers aren't as good as uh, they could be. With West Coast, they last way longer than... uh,
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Which I very much appreciate. Oh, fuck, I went and opened this before we showed the people. So we are Sorry, doing I, I, Yeah, I, I saw you do it, I forgot. Sankey and Baron's Sitka, double West Coast IPA at eight percent. Um this is uh, a ramped up version. This is uh I don't know, I think they might do one other eight percenter. You would know Nate. Uh, no, have, there's been uh,
1: there's been a there's been a few because Sequoia oh, okay. for sure. Oh Sequoia um and there's one other one which I don't know if I'm remembering the name of it right. I they, like I feel like it was. It's not Double Simcoe. There's. I need to find out what the, the, like what this is now. It's.
0: It wouldn't be called. I don't think. I think they're all named after trees. Um, but.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that doesn't sound right. There's got to be. Double Douglas. That's what it was.
0: Douglas, there you go. I actually just think it's called yeah, because, Douglas. No, and then no, they just—well,
1: no, no. But there were two. There were two because ah, there was like there was one called Douglas, and then they did a double Douglas.
0: Honestly, I trust you overall, so I believe you. I don't know anything. <laughs> Nathaniel, I have. I'm no just going to start telling
1: you. I, I, I'm going to just start telling you lies at one point, and, and, and like, and just uh, like get, make sure that you're you're just going to believe me every time.
0: You see how trusting I am? I'm na- and naive, Nate. I just believe you.
1: I just have to say, like, I just have to really say it with confidence. Like I remember <laughs> it really well, and you're just and, and you're I'm just like, going to believe me.
0: I'm like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, because you know we all bullshit, you know. No one ever tells the <laughs> truth. You're know, like, oh yeah, of course. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Douglas, yes. And I once again, I've learned that there's different trees. What the fuck is a Sitka? You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> Who even knows? I guess it's whatever trees in this fucking picture. Now, this particular beer has Simcoe, again, Vic Secret, Equinaut, and Nelson Sylvan. So Nelson... Is a so big, and
1: uh, like Vic Se- like Vic secret and Nelson I thought were very interesting uh, like very interesting additions to this one because those both are hops that you would typically associate with Hayes
0: for sure which is once again why I think Sankima the West Coast goats in Canada without do you know what I'd like to do maybe we could do a future episode where we do a Battle of the coasts and we get a bunch from the from BC and then we compare them mm. to the shit out here. Because I think the like best – Like who makes
1: the best West Coast?
0: Yeah, because my boy Daniel – and my boy Daniel could facilitate that in uh, – and also I've got some other friends uh, in the beer industry out there as well that would be able to do it. But I feel like the West Coasts that are in the West Coast, I'd love I'd love to go side by side. I've had a bunch, but I've never had them side by side, just like you and I have never had all of these beers side by side to really kind of understand the nuances and the, the differences. So that could be a fun one. Yeah, we we can look into that for 2023. Uh, on for that sure. note, Nathaniel, get that in your mind. Cheers, brother. Oh my lord. Okay. Whoa, this is very different. Oh my god. Okay, so oh, I'm getting lit tonight. My goodness.
1: So I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say this right now, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but for me, Senkiam Baron double west coast IPA is the absolute money spot. Like the du- like the double west coast IPAs are like like I like I just want to bathe in this. It's it, it, like it's so fucking good and this is the perfect like, like like this is the perfect level of west coast flavor for me cuz I love like the really kind of like sticky, sappy Resinous thing that like that goes on in here. And in the double West Coast is where that just gets thick as fuck. Like it's it's really, really intense. Mm. Um this is one of those ones where there's kind of like you know, it's obviously less balanced, um, but like, but I love it for that. Like I love that it's so kind of intense with like like with the sticky sappy resinous flavor and like the pine just like just comes through right after, um, like the bitter citrus pith that like is intense. The malt body makes it like is making it drink a bit heftier. Like this is the money zone for me.
0: I I get it. It's definitely not for me. I'm more of the lighter guy. But Jesus Christ, this is impeccable. Like this is textbook. This is spectacular, and I love the choice of hops. It's so out of the ordinary. Like you said, Vic Secret is. and Nelson are very much associated with haze, not with something like this. This is the by far the uh, least um, transparent beer that we've had tonight. Um, it is. It's intense. The nose is like straight candied citrus and pine yep. it's so thick in comparison it's intense it's sweet it's bitter it makes you make a face when you sip it um it does this is a more and even afterwards i'm getting the bitterness like as i'm started talking i'm like oh shit this wave of bitterness is here this is more of an experience i would yep. say and i would be looking for this from time to time. For the average session, I probably wouldn't want something this intense. But this is glorious. And I'm very glad I still have my other can. Because I had Cypress. And yep. so I didn't get to have this one. I've had this before, but it was a while ago. Um, this is great, dude.
1: Yeah. For their double West Coast, for me, Sequoia is king. Mm-hmm. That one, like that one, is my all-time fave. Okay, because that, like that one, is uh, the, the, like is just. There's no more intense pine than in that one. I find. Mm-hmm. And like and like that one is really just absolute money for me. Um, but this one is like like I mean all of their double West Coasts they they like are this level of intensity just kind of with different flavor focus. Um, but yeah, this is so fucking good. <laughs>
0: I'd almost love to talk to them to find out how they differentiate, though. Like you said, different flavor focuses. So it's like whenever they make a West Coast, like, all right, well, this one focuses on this. So let's make another one that focuses on this. Like it would be an interesting conversation with Jacob and Dimitri and the team to just like, what's going on? What are you guys doing? Yeah. And
1: now I'm... I'm like I'm scrolling through and wanting to find what the hops are in uh, like in Sequoia right now because I'm because I mean that of course would uh, the, the like would account for a lot of the flavor differences here definitely um, yeah so here we are Columbus Nelson Sylvan again and Kashmir
0: Kashmir Simcoe Big Secret Equinot and Nelson so Equinot oh. is a very common we've seen um, Kashmir is interesting and Nelson in a West
1: so Columbus. Columbus Nelson Sylvain, and Kashmir Columbus like is a very like very typical um uh, west, west coast hop sorry i was Nelson looking at Sicker and, uh,
0: and saying that as well like those are the similarities yeah, between like a bunch of them. hey man <laughs> it's a lot of beers right now i i i, yeah, yeah. I get it i get it
1: that's I'm, just I'm just messing I
0: know I love you
1: but yeah so they, like so, so I, I feel like in like in Sequoia Columbus must play a huge role in uh, the, the, like in getting kind of that intense um the, the, like like that intense resinous and uh, like and piney flavor in there too but Nelson Sylvain, even though it doesn't necessarily read up front as a West coast hop, Nelson Sylvain can create a lot of dank um like in the like in the haze that it's in you can get a very dank hazy ipa with nelson so you could see how it would fit in west coast in that sense
0: i get it for sure um yeah man it's it's just like it's so fascinating the way that they've different like they've just been able to deliver so many different ones and just be able to like repurpose these hops that are more known for haze into a west coast and like like are you drinking this and can you taste the nelson can you taste the gooseberry the white wine I mean maybe it's subtle maybe it kicks in later
1: I mean no I don't taste what you would typically associate with nelson in this but like maybe it's like it's even just in the hopping rate like just in what uh, like what quantities they uh, like they they do this in you know what we got to do Talk to me. The next time, like, like, we need to do another Sankyam pod, and we've got to have Dimitri on with, uh, like, with Jacob next time so that we can kind of probe him a little more on, uh, like, like, on the brewing process.
0: Yes. I will talk to Jacob about that, actually, because uh, the last time we did it was about this time, 2020. They yeah. were on for the Link Up Series one, of course. Uh, and that was yep. the last time. And Jacob featured on a podcast a few episodes ago on uh, 110 uh, with me, but it was not about St. Kiem at all. It was about Cicerone. Yeah. So uh, I think it could be a uh, a fantastic one if we get the four of us on. I think that would be great. Do you want to hit that? Uh, oh no, it kicked back in. It keeps like going out of focus, but it's okay. We've got your pretty face back.
1: Yeah, I'm on. Yeah, it's on autofocus right now. So it's going to like, so it's going to, it's going to dip in and out sometimes. We're going to have to just ignore it, I think.
0: (laughs) I respect it. I apologize. Um, But yeah, I'd love to know where they're coming from because I think the first uh, pod that we did, we weren't really talking as much about. The West Coast, I don't even recall if they had dropped West Coast at that time. Maybe they had, but maybe we weren't aware of the level of quality.
1: Yeah. Um, They might not even have at that point. I'm not sure. Uh, Because I think the first West Coast they dropped, um, I remember it being actually about this time in 2020, Uh, like in because I like, I remember, like I remember, it must have been like November or December twenty twenty when Witchwood first dropped.
0: Okay, so, so then, they might
1: not even have had it at that point.
0: That would make a little bit more sense. Uh, and now it's kind of more interesting to talk to them about the, about this type of stuff because of the you know the fact that we featured two, like you know, like we we mentioned a whole bunch from Quebec. Another great one from Quebec. I just realized, um, for Cata Regine. Their West Coast side beer is mm. spectacular as yep. far as the yep. newer You've versions. Said that I love it so much, and I just feel like that's what Mike really like. It's what he does. That's where he, what he loves excels, it. right? Yeah, man. I just feel like he doesn't really love all the trendy stuff. It's not really his jam. The best beers they do are Nightmare there, which we talked about in the last episode. They're, um, yep. uh, they're,
1: pump-
0: pumpkin, they're pumpkin Porter. porter. And their West Coast IPA. It's just yep. exceptional as far as like a newer brewery, newer being like three, four years old, uh, doing that type of stuff. And um, yeah, but we chose to feature is just because no brewery ever, and this is also kind of a question, can you think of another brewery who has had this many different West Coast IPAs? No, no, I can't. A- a- anyway, like, I just don't even think so. Even Russian River, they have two, three. Like they do not have fucking 10 all named after different trees that are known to grow in the Pacific Northwest, probably like that's pretty It's wild. It's pretty crazy. And, and to be all of them, to make them all that different and to utilize new world hops that are known for new England IPAs and to not make it taste anything like a new England IPA and to utilize different portions, probably of the alpha acids and probably of the different, material within these hops to deliver flavors that contribute to a west coast ipa body profile all that type of stuff is is mind-boggling like i don't think we can and see
1: this is it, like and see this is the shit that i really want to drill down on with that like with dimitri like we've got to like, like let's make a note we got to make that pot happen like we like we've got to shake like, Jacob? right with Jacob and Dimitri, because not only do I want to drill down on how he like how he comes about getting these flavors out of uh, the, the like out of these hops that you wouldn't typically think of going in a West Coast, but I need to talk to him about his stout game too. Like how the hell he manages to make his stouts so creamy and luscious, Insane. like just like just based on the malt bill alone, it's fucking bananas.
0: Would you say um, that the body on this replicates some of this? This is 8%. Uh, Lucid Dream, their breakfast stout, is also 8%. That's got one of the best bodies of the lower ABV stout I've ever had, ever, ever, ever. Um, this my is God. not too dissimilar. So, whatever magic he's doing on that, on, on the stout, he's doing here, I think.
1: The man is a wizard with malt. Like, it's, it, like it, it's just bananas.
0: Yeah, literally. It's fucking so, crazy.
1: So we got to make that happen. I got you because we got to like we got to hear how he does that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or like or like not to say that we're going to ask him to share his secrets. But like, we <laughs> need to, like but to at least like, you know, how he thinks of how to like of how to do these things, because it's it's so impressive. Like, like, I mean, like, like, we could we could drool over all of them all day, um, but I want to come back to something before, like, like before we forget and before we close off, because um, yes. we've talked about other Quebec West Coast IPAs. We should talk about notable Ontario um, yes. West Coast IPAs, because, because, uh, like, cause, I mean, we had Lone Pine, which a point that I meant to mention is that this is one of the most accessible West Coast IPAs in Ontario. Easily. Um, because it's like like it's one of those ones that you can find this in almost any LCBO in the province. Um, wh- like, like which and is right great. It's another fresh. year. Like, yes, yes, exactly. That like because it's re- like because it's year round, so it's regularly dropped in the like in the LCBOs. Another notable one for that um, Nickelbrook headstock, headstock is another one of the most accessible West Coast IPAs in Ontario. It's like two really really good. IPAs from good breweries in Ontario that you can find almost anywhere in the province, like, yeah. like, which is pretty great to have good West Coast IPAs that accessible. Deadass. Um,
0: we almost included another, Headstock, but we couldn't have too many more beers in this podcast because we didn't want to... Yeah. I want to drink all of these, and I hopefully am able to do that. And we didn't want to have anything... The, yeah,
1: it's... It's just a thing of the more beers that we have on the less we can, like the less we can drink of each of them, which is uh, um, uh, uh, which is a bit of a shame because they're so fucking good. Um, yes, that Headset was, like, was so close own, to
0: being on. Was here. on it Was, our
1: shortlist. It was um, on our short list. It was on our short list. We
0: talked about it because the main two from Ontario were those two.
1: Yep, exactly. Aside from Anderson, um, a, and Anderson's a really very well big. big Yep, exactly. A really big notable one this year, and it's come out a couple of times this year, is Fairweather California King.
0: Yes, I got that specifically because you lost your shit over it, and I went, because yep. I now live very close to Fairweather, uh, very impressed by that beer. That was fantastic. That If if that was fresher, because I think it was probably three, four months ago when that dropped, uh, we would probably yep. would have looked at including that one, too.
1: For sure. And, and like that one is one of the most clean, crystal clear West Coast IPAs I've ever seen. Like you could read a book through that. It, uh, like it was so clear, and yeah. the fla- like. And that's another one where the flavors were so subtle and uh, like and so delicate, but still so so distinctive. It was like and it was really really good. Um, another one to sh- like another one to shout out and um i feel like this must be an ode to blind pig but Bell was putting out um pig that west coast IPA that they've uh, like, like that they've dropped a couple times now have you had it i have had it yeah it's very good
0: okay. that's
1: another like like that's another like very like distinctively crystal clear um west coast IPA it's it's very very good they
0: dropped it like yesterday um, yeah they did I'm going to Duran tomorrow and they they also dropped their brulee imperial stout so I was kind of hoping that maybe Chris might have uh, those two there because uh, I keep making Bellwoods orders and you make an order and then literally the next day they drop like three other things you're like fuck so I'd rather just yeah like, <laughs> I'm like come <laughs> on man like I just paid ten dollars for shipping like can you, <laughs> why would you have to drop like I you're, kill-
1: been, you're you're killing me here killing
0: me happy to pay for shipping but like Come on, like it's just they—they they drop so much. They almost drop more beers than almost any other brewery that I've seen. So I haven't—I didn't wild. try the. Fir- it really is. I missed the first version because I it, it, I did an order, and then I missed it, and I was like, oh fuck it, and I didn't see it anywhere. So I definitely want to try that. So now that you've co-signed it, and you're my West Coast uh, brethren, so I will uh, I will proactively try and get that beer, and I I didn't even consider. That it was an ode to Blind Pig, which is even cooler to me at this point. Um,
1: I'm I just would... guessing. Like, like, uh, I, I don't think they be. even explicitly. Uh, I, I don't think they even explicitly said that, but I'm just guessing.
0: I, I can't see why that wouldn't be the case at all.
1: It, just, it like it seems like too much of a coincidence.
0: Very much so, uh, particularly after all the discussions this evening. So I think that's a great one, and that is, seems to be. And what I do love, and I've talked about this a bunch. What I've been loving about beer in all provinces and everywhere here in Canada is that one thing that um, a Burlington beer company used to do is that they bring back, you know, it's complicated being a wizard. They bring it back three, four times a year. That was the first time I saw instead of just random beers, they'd be bringing back these core lineups regularly. I'd never seen that before. um, Burlington beer company did that. And now I'm seeing more and more breweries here doing that. Like, Sankiem, how many times have they brought back Cyprus? How many times have they brought back Sitka um, that, are, that are like not year-rounders? Like I don't think the only year-rounder at Sankiem is Citadin, which is their Pilsner, the Czech Pilsner. Um,
1: uh, yes, and it's not, like, and I, I think an important distinction is that that's not even a year-rounder in Cairns. It's only a year-rounder on tap. I don't think they have point. any year-rounders in Cairns.
0: So it's their flagship. Then it's probably a difference between a flagship and a year-rounder. Great point. But I love that Bellwoods have been doing these uh, beers, you know, whether it's Cat Lady, Roaming Candle, Jetsu, Double Jetsu, um, something like Pig, which is more of a recent thing. They've already done two batches on this. so it's only the second batch is out now. Um, I love that. I love that pattern. If I was to own a brewery, that's what I would do. I would do one-offs and I would yep. do regular ones that I would drop every quarter. I'd be like, all right, makes sense every four months or every three months, drop one of these bad boys. Um, it keeps yep. people interested. It keeps that beer being sought after. It keeps it kind of like you tap it out, then you know it goes after a month, and you've got another two, three months before you can get it again. I think that's very cool. Yep. And at the very least, though, that they've done this West Coast IPA because they didn't, at least in the recent years since Haze was being was the shit, Bellwoods were all over that, and they didn't really do West Coast. I, I remember Witch Shark used to be West Coast, and there were certain people on the scene who got pretty pissed about it Uh, Being changed to a, uh, you know, a a haze bomb, Um, you know, I'm talking about. Um, Oh yeah, and that's okay. You know, some people were uh, purists and they do their thing, but I love. I just, I just like that. It's they're incorporating that into their regular sort of rotation of of beers. It's it's very cool, man, and it's. I I think. um, Fuck, don't muddy York do a West Coast IPA this fire. Regularly? i'm sure they do i'm Maybe. sure they
1: do i haven't i like i haven't had nearly enough from muddy york yes unfortunately
0: in the ale house that's who i was thinking of they have a bunch oh of west coast yes hey, that's yeah, yeah, who it yeah is. you're
1: thinking of it, instigator is instigator the, 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 that's is, the is, one is what you're thinking of yes that's a bomb west
0: coast is that year-rounder or is that just like a? I think it's an lcbo i think too
1: I, I i think it is a year-rounder
0: which is fantastic so that's a great one that would have been to be honest like if we sort of we were trying to make this as simplified as possible because we're both in two different places and we didn't want to have to ship beer between each other so we were able to get hold of all of these products individually easily so like if we just didn't want to complicate this podcast but i feel like that would have been in the conversation
1: that could have been in the conversation for sure
0: absolutely so that's a great Um, one who else we got Yep. Um so, oh, so we would we, we, we'd
1: we'd be, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Great Lakes um of course. like octopus wants to fight is a uh, like is a fantastic west coast that's a year rounder
0: and uh robocop robohop Sorry.
1: okay so important like important distinction there is OG robohop like the, the, because uh, because o g Robohop and uh, the, the, and its New England counterpart are very much not the same Correct. Um, and, uh, and, Did and they like, and the,
0: the, they distinguish between ahead. the New England counterparts for both octopus and Robohop right like they actually say that this is the New England version oh, because I remember they going do. to purchase the new i I bought it in a growler before they even had it in cans. Uh, a few years ago, when we had Troy on the pod, and they had it was either Octopus or Robo Hop. I swear it was Robo Hop. Um, it, you- it, it was probably it
1: was probably it was probably Robo Hop. Like that one they've done more regularly in like in New England. It's like I don't actually remember the last time they released the OG Robo Hop. Uh, like they have done one off New England versions of Octopus, but it's not uh, like but it's not as frequent, and that's a brewery only one the new england version of robohop like became even an L- like an lcbo release for a while oh, um shit. and with all like and with all due respect to the like to great lakes like i like i love great lakes but new england robohop is not as good as the og it's really really not it doesn't it, it like it doesn't translate in my like in my mind you did not need to fuck with robohop like you could have like just go ahead make another Make another, another New England double. Um that like make it a completely different beer. You didn't need to fuck with RoboHop. RoboHop you know was a, like wasn't what like what was an excellent double West Coast, you didn't need to be fucked with.
0: That's a fair point. And I, I can uh I can get down with that and probably be better instead of like I, I I must applaud the creativity though. Cause I remember when I did see that whichever beer maybe it was octopus and not um RoboHop then, whichever one it was I remember getting that in the growl and I was like, yo, this is sick. Cause I remember octopus is such a fantastic beer that having a new England version was like, yo, this is fun. I mean, this was like three years ago, probably at the very least three, maybe four. And it was a different time, obviously, but. Sure.
1: Sure. And look, I'm down with the, like, I'm down with the idea for sure. I'm not up like, I'm not opposed to the idea, but as a new England IPA, the, like the New England Robohop wasn't I didn't think it was very good to be honest and, and like and again much le- like much left to Great lakes there's like there's they've done lots of ha- the, the like of haze that I have liked but the New England Robohop was not one of them
0: respect i, I don't recall but yeah you're right I mean look not everyone hits it and they are more you know being around 30 plus years they're an OG brewery here in uh, Ontario and um you know not not everything slaps but their West Coast really did move the needle back, you know, in the mid. It uh, really you know, did. It really, really
1: did. And like, and Robo, like, and Robohop is a spectacular double West Coast. Yes. Octopus wants to fight is a spectacular single West Coast. Yes.
0: So it's you know it's uh, it's something that you can typically find around town as well pretty easily, which is great. Uh, and also, find many LCBOs. So, it's another great one that needs to be mentioned alongside all the gems uh, in Ontario that we are mentioning. This is kind of cool, bro, because I feel like whenever you think, oh, what's West Coast in Ontario that you can get easy or in either province? And it's like you rack your brain a little bit like, fuck, what can I get? So, hopefully, everyone who's watching and listening, like, take notes, man. Like, I you know these are some beers that There's we There's good highly... options there.
1: There really, really are. Yeah. Um, uh, like, and when like well, you know what? I was in the LCBO just today to grab this like to grab this can of Lone Pine for tonight, and noticed a couple of other like, a couple of other ones there too. Like, Please, um, like left field. Like left field has I think like I think it's called West Coast Swing. I might be getting the name slightly wrong. Um, oh, It's the, like it, it's West Coast something. I think it's West Coast Swing. Um, but like, but that's available in the LCBO. Uh, like. I'm a big fan of um, like of Muskoka Mad Tom and uh, yes. like and Twice as Mad Tom. The, the, like those are again year rounder West Coast IPAs easily available in Ontario at like at any time. We've got a lot of easily available West Coast IPAs here. We're really really lucky.
0: Very cool. And you are correct. It is West Coast Swing. Do you know what that refer? My guess is that's r- oh no, they got baseball referring to so
1: it's like it's all baseball references uh, and and i'm not well versed in it so i couldn't tell you
0: (laughs) all i was going to tell you was from uh do you remember boys to men's first single was called uh, motown philly and they in the in the chorus it says east coast swing so i thought Mm. it was to do with that but i'm a music person not a sports person but that's sick i've never had this beer and they've got like a thousand check-ins on this fucking beer so that's that's great that means they're killing the game with that but yeah man i feel like it's like It's almost like a, I was going to say like a a well-hidden secret or no, sorry, like a a shittily hidden secret or whatever. Like it's around and maybe we don't talk about it as much as perhaps it should be spoken about as far as the, I don't know, the, the, the volume of just fantastic West Coast IPAs. They don't really get the shine that they should do. And that was the point of this podcast was for us to sort of like put some shine on both Ontario and Quebec and the different IPAs, you know. Cool, the ones that we drank, absolutely, but also the other ones that are available for you. If you just, you don't even have to dig. You can go to your LCBO and find. I bet there's a bunch that we forgot about, and then maybe there are some that are specific regionally, into different different yeah, areas but- that you find. Um, and, and in Quebec, same thing. Different dépanneurs, different uh, specialty stores. You be able to find stuff. You just got to ask and see what's popping. And you know, maybe there might be like some shit from my brasserie out there or fucking. Whatever uh, you know, I think Godspeed does some stuff here. Um,
1: yep, or uh, even um, like, or like, or even Dominion Cities uh, year-round stuff. Like Two Flags is a great, uh, like, is a great fire, west the, like West road.
0: Yeah, fuck, yeah. that should have been one that we might have done. Like that should have been, yeah, for really. a really. I love that beer. That is like phenomenal. What are we
1: like? Yeah, like what are we thinking? There's so many. Like, fuck, we should have done that one. Um, And like River Hymnal is one. Like is one that they regularly put out, which is excellent.
0: See, like it's so many good West Coast. There's so many good West Coast IPAs, uh, in both provinces. Oh, and
1: like Tooth and Nail, Rabble Rouser, or Sucker Punch, both spectacular beers. There you go.
0: In one of the most, like you said, uh, you know, traditionally brewed, but like fine-tuned breweries in the entire country that uh money does yep. not fuck around and takes that shit serious. So if you really want exceptional to you know Trudeau style stuff like so, where you need to go like getting uh when I came to see you in end of September when we went to Saint and I went past uh to and specifically to get their anniversary Vim & vigor. Um gonna have to make a habit of that. Like thank God i mean Ontario now and they ship And, uh, I also know Matthew, so I'm sure he'd be down too, but, um, just, just phenomenal brewery that, that do these styles that, you know, there's so many options to get into West coast IPAs With so, and like, we did four different ones tonight and we talked about so many others. I imagine if you combine them all, they would be all so different. So this essentially something for every taste as far as West, and this is just two provinces in the entire country not including if you cross the border. We didn't even really touch on that too much aside from the articles that had some of the legendary ones. You can get Sierra Nevada's pale ale at almost any LCBO. Yeah, man. So you'd be kind of crazy not to do it. Um, and with that, Uncle Nathaniel, I feel like we're at, we're at two hours. I feel like we've done done better than we thought. I didn't think it would be this long.
1: Yep, well... Go figure. I, like, literally, I feel like every time we say, we're, like, this time we're only going to be like 60 to 90 minutes. Like, I, I feel like it literally never ends up being that way. We just end up talking every time.
0: Every time. And there's always something to talk about. And it's because we have so much phenomenal beer here in Canada and here in Ontario and Quebec. Yeah. It's, it's, we've, like, honestly, I know you are too. I'm very grateful for it. I don't take it for granted. Uh, particularly we're so for, lucky. We're so, so lucky, lucky, man. Particularly the last couple of years, the vast majority of people weren't able to travel. Um, previous to that, there was a time I wasn't able to travel due to immigration. So I'm very familiar with that. Uh, I'm still waiting for my fucking passport, which I don't get for another month or so. Uh, you know, So it's like I, I haven't felt that we've had less than. I haven't felt restricted in any shape or form. Yeah. And uh, we're very fortunate to be in the part of the world that we are with such phenomenal world class beer. And I I think most people would agree at this point. And I think if Americans and other people from around the world tried what Canada has to offer, particularly Ontario and Quebec, they would lose their collective shit. And uh, rightly so. so, you know what I'm saying? Yep, I'd say so. Nathaniel, this is a pleasure. Uh, if anyone has any thoughts of other episodes, I want to keep this going. I want to keep doing other episodes uh, together where we maybe focus on a style or something specific. Like we had Oktoberfest, now we had um, that'd be great West Coast. You know, you and I are passionate about a, m- a bunch of things. My guess is probably the next one might be some sort of crispy episode uh, because that's how we get down. Maybe we could do some stout episodes or barrelade something. You know, keep this going um if anyone has any thoughts or requests um let us know um
1: maybe we can get Noah, on on to do a barley wine episode at some point
0: that would be genuinely fantastic jesus christ we would be vomiting but we'd have to put some stoppers in those things or you know
1: we have yeah well we'll we'll have to figure out a way to make it to make it not ridiculous but i'm sure we can think of something
0: there's got to be a way there has to be a way So, um, guys, make sure you check out all the... Oh, yeah, let's get the thumbnail. Look at this. See? This is why Nathaniel is just an exceptional uh, partner in all these things. Uh, Which... Are you going to get all four? Oh, you're a god. I'm going to get all four. Okay. I'm going to see if I can get two here with the one hand that I have available to me. Okay. Ready? Oh, that is a stunning... Uh, Nathaniel, where can everyone find you and your glorious, glorious beard online?
1: All right. So everywhere online, it's at Nathan does beer. And, um, I've not blogged in a little while, uh, cause I'm, Living that new dad life, but uh, but a- any of the blogs that I had like that I have written over the past few years, uh, you can find on the B A O S podcast blog or a quick link NathanDoesBeer.com. and you can now find me here more regularly co hosting B A O S podcast.
0: Yes, as often as possible. Uh, you already know I love it. This is just fun. If it's me and you, if it's me you and a guest, I love it. You're welcome anytime. This is your podcast. We are a squad. I appreciate you. Thank you for this man. Like, it's really, really cool. Falling in love with a style with a friend and like really losing our collective shit over it. And it just makes it like, not so like, if it's just, it's just me, like, is it just me who love this shit? Like I can text my like, bro, this is fun. and You're like drinking and probably more than I am. And it's very cool to be able to explore it in this much detail. Um, so I hope everybody got something out of that uh tonight. So man, thank you for uh just loving fire I appreciate you, bro. Oh.
1: Dude, I'm happy to be here. This is it, the, 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 like this this is pure joy right here.
0: Isn't it? Oh I'm normally what I would do after podcasts, I could usually finish them or like sometimes if they do too, too warm, you just dash that into crack something else. I can't imagine cracking anything else that I'm just gonna do what I can to finish these without uh, ruining my even ruining tomorrow as such. Exactly. Um, but uh, everybody, thank you so much for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell, Nathaniel. Ding. So you know when the new year drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast. We go live with new pods every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, the uh, the link up episodes, the kind of sporadic depending on when we record them right now. Uh, Also, thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring the podcast. Make sure you use the code BAOS, 20% off, free shipping at manscaped.com. We will see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Cheers.